And Joseph also went up from Galilee. Right with God's side, I'm a little worried, but I know some of the people that sit over here, and I can see why it's like that. I, I think, I, honey, I wish you'd move over here to <laughs> the side of the building. Uh, but it is good to be here. It's a blessing, and I appreciate the opportunity more than you, more than you know. Uh, this time of the year, it's uh, good to be here in this part of the country. It's a little bit warmer than it is up north too, even though it is wet. But I was uh, got picked up tonight uh, by one of the young men in the church, and I, we got talking. He he said he wasn't married, and he hangs around with older people that are, and he felt like a third wheel. And uh, we talked a little bit more, and I said, well, you know, son, my wife and I have been married for 52 years, and we have never had one argument. But we have had a lot of very intense fellowship. <laughs> so you can interpret, that might be a synonymous term, I don't know. But... Uh, Anyway, I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight, and uh, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be lengthy. I'm going to save a little bit of time. Uh, I don't, you know, I, I preach a lot and have been preaching a long, long time. And some preachers, I was in uh, uh, preacher's fellowship last week and other preachers preached, and I'm not being critical at all, but I just don't care for, you know, uh, all right, we'll look at, you know, 1 John 5, 2, and then we'll look at Joshua 6, 8, and then, we, you know, just back and forth, back and forth. And back, and I, I don't, it just takes a lot of time to turn all those pages. And so I'm not going to turn to the pages I'm going to talk about, or even maybe I'll tell you where they are if you want to look for them later, but I'm just going to tell you what's there to save a little bit of time. And I'm not going to lie to you about anything that's there. You can trust me about that. I might exaggerate a bit, but uh, <laughs> but I want to talk to you about it. Just it's interesting. There's other places, but I call this little message "Crossing the Kidrons of Life." Crossing the Kidrons of Life, and I want you to look at uh, John chapter 18 and verse number one. I'm going to read that as my text. I'm going to have a prayer. And I'm going to talk to you about these rivers that run through our lives and make a difference uh, in how our lives uh, function and how they're blessed. And this is a story of our Lord. It said there in chapter 18 and verse 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the book Kidron, where was a garden into which he entered and his disciples. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for the grace of God that's been expended in our behalf. There's testimonies tonight have proven that. The songs have sung about that. You've been good to us more than we deserve. We're thankful, Lord, for these times in our lives that uh, if we would take the time to consider and look back as the river has run through our own lives and the difference uh, that your presence has made throughout our days. Now, I pray you'd help us. May we bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ in these few minutes tonight. And we ask it in his name. 
Amen. The first uh, crossing of Kidron I'd like to talk to you about is found over in 2 Kings chapter 23. In chapter 22, Hilkiah had found the book. The Bible had been disregarded, had not, had not been read as much as it should have been. And when Hilkiah found that book, it revealed some things that needed to be dealt with in the children of Israel. Now I'll say this, when you read that book, it'll help you to see the things in your life that ought to be dealt with. So when this particular crossing there in uh, chapter 23 and verses 1 through 6, it's a place to start out right. The Kidron is a place to get a good start. It's a place in your Christian life uh, to eliminate some things. And everything that happens to us as Christians is first filtered through our Heavenly Father. Nothing that happens to you or me takes him by surprise. These things, some of them are negative. And I don't know if this rings true in your life. There's an old song, I guess it's a hymn that we sing. The longer I serve him, the sweeter it grows. But I tell you, you can look at that from another standpoint the longer I serve him, the more difficult things grow. The more heartaches that we know. The more problems that are experienced in life. I've talked to people in this building. And uh, I'm in my 70s. And I talked to people this morning going out of here. And they're in their 70s. And they got all kinds of problems. And I talked to people tonight coming in. And they got all kinds of problems. The longer we serve him, you know, suffering is not a, positive, not a negative thing in the Christian's life. When the apostle Paul got saved, he was Saul of Tarsus, you know that. But when he got saved, Ananias came down and God told him, he said, I want you to tell that man that I got something for him to do and I want you to tell him that he's going to suffer. Now, nobody in modern day soul winning ever tells their new converts, now that you're saved, Everything's going to be wonderful, but you're going to suffer. We leave that out. But that's the truth. Suffering helps us. This uh, Brook Kidron, when he, they passed it here, uh, they eliminated a lot of things that had accumulated that needed to be dealt with and really uh, to be gotten rid of. I'm thankful for old-time Bible convictions. Convictions are life's rules that alter our life. They give us some stability. And I may have said this in this church before. I got in trouble a long time ago. I preached a sermon. And uh, boy, one guy got real mad at me about it. And my dad really was not overly happy with it. Uh, but uh, I preached it at his church. But when the children of Israel came back from Babylon into Jerusalem, uh, lots of them came back, and Ezra and Nehemiah, and they built the walls back around Jerusalem because they'd been torn down. It took them 52 days to build those walls around Jerusalem. I, when I preached that sermon, I was 46 years old, so it was a long time ago. And it, 
after they built those walls around Jerusalem, 52 days, it took them 46 years to build the temple, to rebuild the temple. So we get, when we get saved, we, put, we build these walls. I, I refer to them as convictions. And I'll be frank with you. I've been saved now for over 52 years. I'm not interested in getting any new convictions. You know, like it's wrong to eat turkey on the second Sunday in December. Because if I had that rule, I wouldn't have had lunch today. Because that's what we have. I don't want any more. I, I think I got enough, frankly. Uh, but it's but 46 years, That was, when I preached it, I, again, I was 46. It took a lifetime. It takes a lifetime of building this temple. And you know this as well as I do, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's why a sinner is such a sacred thing. It matters to God because it's a place where the Holy Ghost desires to indwell us, to live inside of us. And I know he's still working on me. Remember the little song when we were, I don't know, maybe it was popular in the 60s and 70s, just a kid's song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. I'm, I'm thankful tonight. I've been saved 52 years. He's still working on me. And I don't want to ever get off his workbench. I, I want him to constantly have me there to work in my life and change and help me to be more like him. So it's a place to start. My second thought I want you to think about tonight in 2 Samuel chapter 15, Absalom had usurped the throne of his father David. And David is leaving and he crossed the Kidron to go out into the wilderness uh, because Absalom desired to kill him. And the Bible says there in verse 23 of uh, 2 Samuel 15 that he passed over. He passed over. Not only is the Kidron a place to start, but it's a place to pass over, to get, to get past some things in life. Get past bitterness. Get past grieving over. Listen, I have never met a Christian that's been saved any length of time that hasn't done something stupid. That hasn't sinned. That hasn't said something they wish. I mean, I could... You know, I could name a plethora of sins, and, you know, they're like flocks of uh, birds heading south going through my mind right now, but I, I don't want to bring them up for you because you might think that that's my problem. But the God that saved us is the God that also forgives us, and if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Get over it. You say, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they, you, what they said to me. You don't know how deep they hurt me. Get past it. You know, there were good people uh, that went across Kidron with David and hundreds of men, people that helped him. Ziba and, and Mephibosheth wanted to, but... Uh, he, you know, he was a crippled son of 
uh, of Saul and he, he just couldn't, or Jonathan, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't do it. And so David told him to go back. And then he told the priest, Abathar, uh, to go back to try to confound the counsel of Ahithophel. Ahithophel hated David because Ahithophel was Bathsheba's granddad. He hated, there's not a, there's not a grandfather in this world that wouldn't be upset about a man who committed adultery with his granddaughter. But David knew that Ahithophel messed him up. And so he sent that other man back to confound, the Bible says, uh, the counsel of Ahithophel. The kid runs a place to get past it, to get over it. In John chapter 18 and verse 1, which I uh, chose for a text to read uh, tonight just because I guess you're supposed to have one. And this is not the, this is only the third part of the, uh, uh, point of the message, not the fourth, so, and there are only four. I think it's a place to finish. Uh, Jesus uh, crossed over, went up to Gethsemane. You know, this is an interesting thing. And if you ever get to go to Israel, uh, you'll see uh, where Gethsemane was, and you see, of course, where Jerusalem is. They're both on uh, high mounts, about the same uh, altitude, I, I think. And then there's that uh, uh, valley there, and that's where that little Kidron River runs. And the temple was there, and they were sacrificing lambs, uh, by the thousands, it was the Passover, the Jewish Passover. And there's a hole, if you ever get to go in that, there's a Muslim mosque there now, uh, sadly, but it's going to be gone one of these days, hallelujah. And there's a hole in that rock, and it's the place, uh, they tell you anyway, where Abraham uh, offered Isaac. And uh, the Lord stayed his hand, and the ram was caught in the thicket. You know all that story. But there's a hole in that rock about that, about that big around. And they would sacrifice those lambs on there by the thousands. And that blood would flow down through, that, through the rock and out into the valley. And that blood would flow, was flowing in that river and taking it on down. And when Jesus stepped across that Kidron and came back across that Kidron, I thought about it. He stepped over that blood. And he was about to shed some blood that would cleanse us, not for just a year, not just cover it for a year, but to cleanse us from our sins for all eternity. The blood of Jesus Christ is our passport, thank God to heaven we can get past some things we can get over some things I talked about the disciples this morning a little bit and uh, their forsaking the Lord and their failure and all of that and I, I don't need I'm not going to rehash uh, the message of this morning but you know we, we live in a culture today that is chaos a cultural chaos that I think is unprecedented in the history of the world. There's the evil of spiritual declension. There's demonic invasion. 
The only way I can explain some of what's gone on in America is the devils of hell have been unleashed on this nation. Christians compromising, devotional apathy, egotistical arrogance, extra-biblical activity, godless amusements, boys who think they're girls, and who would ever thought that we would get to a time in our land, in our world, when they don't even know what they are. God created man, and God created woman. God did that. It's a, it is a smack at the Word of God. We have children today that think they're animals. I wouldn't even go into it. The, the murder of the unborn by the millions in America. The abominable practices that go on in our land by thousands and thousands of people. How godless this nation has become. It's a place. The Kidron is a place to finish. We need to get finished with some things that aren't right. Then, maybe I should have turned to the scriptures and read a little bit more, and it would have taken a little more time because I don't know if you're going to feel bad or not, but we're going to be done by 7 o'clock unless something breaks out here real quick. In Jeremiah chapter 30, and uh, the last three, 31, and the last three verses in that chapter, it talks about a holy place being built. And I want to say, and it was... The Kidron's there. They crossed the Kidron again. It's a place with a future. A place with a future. You know, sometimes we focus so much on what God has given us. And he has given us a lot. But I'm thankful for tonight for what God has taken from us. We used to sing this little song when I was in the junior department or the primary department, just a little old kid. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Thank God for that. My sins are gone. They're buried in the depths of the deepest sea. He has put them behind his back. He, he no longer sees them. There used to be another little song. What sins are you talking about? They've been forgiven. He's taken them away. Our guilt is gone. My sin debt's been paid by the Savior on Calvary. On the other side of Kidron, there is joy and blessing and peace. Thank God my heart has been carried to heaven. I'm interested in going to heaven. I buried my father this year. Went out to the cemetery cold. Two feet of snow on the ground. Cold, bitter day. Standing there by that tent. And... Uh, the preacher that was supposed to do the committal at this funeral home, he didn't know that the funeral was going to last three hours. And so he had to catch a plane. He left. And I don't blame him. He's a dear friend. 
But, uh, you know, I thought about it too. You were a 93-year-old man that served God faithfully since he was a 16-year-old boy and was a preacher of the gospel for over 70 years. He deserves a three-hour funeral. Now, when I die, a 30-minute will probably be enough for me to get rid of me. In, my, in June, and I know most of you know my little brother John, poor soul, so far down the gene pool. They didn't even have a lifeguard when he was born. Pathetic little child. Only grew about this tall. Sad child. But in June, we buried his wife. 48 years incarcerated in a wheelchair because a drunk came across a white line, hit him head on. And all the trials and all, I, it, they're unnumbered. What they went through in those 48 years, those two kids, just kids, that happened. She was an 18-year-old beautiful girl. I don't think they have any wheelchairs in heaven, hallelujah. I don't think they need them. We have a nephew right now who's diagnosed just in the last few days, young preacher. He's had a lot of physical problems. Now they think he has Lou Gehrig's disease. I think four little children under 10. There's a lot of suffering in life. There's a lot of difficulties and heartaches. You know, every day with Jesus is not sweeter than the day before. There's not a person in this room, be honest. You've all had some bad days. We've all got some heart-rending news. We've all faced things that we, there's no way we could ever figure this out without God. This is a mundane, almost childish thing. We flew down here because the pastor wanted us to get here a day early. He didn't, he didn't tell me he was leaving a day early. I don't know, maybe he did, but I forgot. And so we, okay, I backed it up, had to pay a little bit more money to do it. And we flew down here. We got to Atlanta Friday night. And we were going to get here Friday, so I don't know what we were going to do Saturday. I guess, you know, go to the parade or something. I don't know. And, uh, and we didn't even go to the parade. I was so, well, that's because I was so dead. I was, I was dead. And, and we were supposed to catch the plane, and the guy come out and said, we're going to leave early, boy, this is great. And then the captain came, and they talked, and I'm, you know, it ain't the first flight I ever took, and I knew we were in trouble. And he finally come out and says, too much fog in Chattanooga, we can't get there. And, uh, and so, you know, everybody's trying to, and when we couldn't get our luggage, it wouldn't give us our luggage, and we didn't have any place to stay. And Sandra was on the phone, and she talked to some Indian. I told her, I said, if the Indian answers the phone, just hang up, because you can't understand what they're saying. I mean, the way they talk, I can't. I, I listened to him a minute. I said, here, take it. I don't know what he's talking about. Ended up, we got to the hotel. We didn't even have a reservation. What time was it? One o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was, it was about 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. We, we get to this hotel, and the guy says, I'm sorry, we don't have anything for you. We're booked. He tried to tell me that I'd booked the thing with Priceline. I never, I never booked anything with Priceline in my life. Now, my wife might have made a mistake and did it, but 
we'll probably have some intense fellowship about that down the road a lot. We may have already had some intense fellowship about that. And the boy was standing there behind the counter, and I said, I said, son, we're just going to go over here and sleep on one of these couches. We got, we, we do not, we can do it. And I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not the most spiritual man in the world, and you already know that. But I bowed my head and prayed. And she, she told me later, she said, I bowed my head and prayed too. And I mean, I lifted up my head. He didn't know I was praying. I didn't get down on my knee. Oh, God, I didn't do that. I mean, within 30 seconds, he said, you know what? I'm going to give you folks a room, and I'll deal with the other people when they come and tell them they don't have a reservation. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? It sure was. We got three hours sleep that night. <laughs> it was a good three hours, too. You know, uh, there's Kidrons in life you're going to have to get across. The one thing about the Kidron, it's not a real big stream. You can get across it. Whatever you're going through, you can get across it. Um, we have a preacher friend in our town. I love him. I didn't really know him very well. And I know I've told you about this boy before in another sermon. But they had a boy. He's a, he pastored. He was about 38 years old, pastored the church. And a bunch of guys in his church and a sister church there in the neighborhood, they all went up to Lake Erie and they caught a bunch of fish. And the next Saturday they had a big fish fry he took one bite of one fish, fell to the ground in convulsions. Heart stopped beating for 18 to 20 minutes, I think. And now for four years, he hasn't spoken a word. He hasn't moved a muscle. The last time I saw him, he was in a convalescent home where old people stayed. All through COVID, his mother and dad would just come and look in the window. They couldn't even get in and see. I talked to his dad a month ago, maybe, at the most. I was at his church. He said to me, he said, Tim, he said, I go see my son three or four times a week. He just lays there. He doesn't move. He doesn't speak. You think about it now. He said, it's like going to his funeral and looking in the casket three or four times every week. I stand there and look at him, and I turn and leave and come back the next day or so. I don't know, some of you have faced the funeral of a child. It's a difficult thing to walk away from her three or four times a week for four years. The Kidrons of life. God can get you over them. God can get you through them. God can get you past them. That precious preacher stand. He just, he's telling me this in the lobby of his church. He said also, he, he, you think about this. He had a boy got saved in his church when the kid was seven years old. Grew up in the church, went to Bible school, came back and was his assistant and took care of the youth. Came to him this past summer 
walked into the pastor's office and said, Pastor, you're resigning next Sunday, and I'm taking the church. The pastor looked at him and said, God hadn't told me that. So what the boy did, he took 60 to 80 of the church members, went out way east of where we live and somehow stole another building from some people, split his pack his pastor of a lifetime's church. You talk about a Kidron Valley, but that dear brother's going through. I'm saying to you tonight, simply, you can get past them. You can get through them. You can get over it because of Calvary, because of Jesus, because of who he is and what he's done for us. He can help us. Father, we thank you for your goodness tonight and your grace. I guess, Lord, when you really think about it, the thing that gets us through is grace. The grace that you have given to us and the grace that somehow we've been able to incorporate into our own lives and thinking. Divine grace. It's a it's a level of consecration and commitment. That come difficulties by the score, and coveys of problems come flying into our life. And heartache sometimes saturates our soul. But with Christ as our Savior. We can smile at the storm. We can make it. We can take it. Because we trust you. And you love us. And you care for us. Now pray, Lord, if there be those in this room that are standing on one side of Kidron and they need to get to the other side. May they find the answers in the book. May they make some changes in their life. May this old culture that we're living in that's so corrupt, help it, help it not to contaminate our lives. Help us to be consecrated. Help us to be committed. Be convicted of areas in our life that need spiritual attention. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Our sister's playing this old song. Maybe tonight you standing on the brink of the Kidron of whatever it might be. A new start. Place to forget. Hope for the future. Maybe tonight you come get in this altar and let God give you some help. And Maybe tonight there's areas of your life that need a deeper commitment another level of devotion he deserves our very best always Sam if you'll sing it let's stand our feet would you come there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus no not one no, not one, none else.
our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. He can handle it. Jesus can help us. knows all about our struggles. He will guide till the day is done. There's not a friend like the Lord. 